Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of I Like to Read with me, your host, Rachel Polanski. Once again, apologies for the visual listeners and viewers if the framing is a bit off. Producer slash boyfriend is still out of town at the time of recording, so I tried my best. I tried four takes in terms of, you know, it's a lot harder than it looks, I gotta say. I did put on makeup. I did wash my hair for you. Did I put on a really nice outfit? I mean, some might argue that this tie-dye is like the nicest outfit you've ever seen. It's made an appearance at least once, maybe twice already on the show. Purchased from a lovely local boutique in downtown Venice, um, one of the actually more affordable boutiques. Shout out to Nati Boutique on Abbott Kinney, N-A-T-I. I believe they also have a location in Santa Monica and also opened recently in Soho. Not sponsored by them, just wanted to give a quick shout out. What else is new? <laughs> I've been alone for about two and a half weeks at the time of this recording. No, is that right? Maybe something like that crazy. Um, I used to live alone before I met and started dating Jason. And then we kind of started spending all of our time together immediately. He moved in about a little over like a year and three months after us dating. Fun fact, in case anyone ever wanted to know that. Um, So I lived alone before that and it's fine. Like I, I do enjoy it. I enjoy like having my space fully mine as much as I also love living with Jason, but it's, it's weird. And I have my cat and I'm just kind of like ready for him to come back at this point. Um, that all being said, it's kind of just like a dreary day here. And I didn't really feel like getting too dressed up for you. It's kind of cold as well. Um, but what else is new? Um, at the time also of this recording, I have not yet interviewed Tom, Beanstalk and no Tom Bourgeois and Richard Beanstalk. I should know that, right? Of course. On their book, Nothing But a Good Time about the explosion of 80s hair metal, but at the time of release, that will already be out. So that will be linked down below. I'm sure it was a wonderful, fantastic conversation. So check that out if you have not already. Um, and I just wanted to do a couple of fun little literary questions, you know, some little icebreakers for those who may be new to my channel or new subscribers. Hello, welcome. This is just also a plug. If you are not, if you're watching this on YouTube and you're not already subscribed, please do so. Even better, if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, but we prefer Apple Podcasts over here, even though we like Spotify for music. Um, go ahead and give that not only a five-star review, but if you could leave me a written review, would be the would mean everything to me. Everything. And if you want to send me a screenshot, might be able to hook up a little some some extra and special and fun from I like to read to you. So without further ado, some cup. No, we're not getting to the five books yet. We're just going to do a couple of questions, some icebreakers. Um, the first one is: Do you judge a book by its cover? And I want to say yes and no because I think I typically tend to be drawn to books, especially in this digital age, um, more by description or sort of word of mouth, sort of the recommendation chain from another book. So it's like you know, if you read this book, you might like this book, or if you read this author, you might like this author. Um, I just think the book exploring and book buying experience is so different than it was growing up. I know when I was younger. I would love to go to Barnes and Noble, love to go to any sort of physical bookstore that I could and not only, you know, to purchase the book there, but also that I think is really where I would judge a book by its cover because of course, you know, in person you're more drawn to the physical appearance versus, you know, the cover you can see the co- the covers online, but I think the weight and the shape and the design, everything seeing it in person is really beautiful. And so the one thing that I do think unfortunately does get lost with a Kindle is while I'm still able to see the cover in its full color glory online, the Kindle is black and white. So especially if there are any photos or like supplemental materials, they are in black and white, which doesn't take away from the story itself. But if we're looking at art as a visual medium, yes, we are missing a little bit of it there. 
So that's that. Um, do you check out books from the library? How many do you check out at a time? Well, if you know me, you know that I am a huge proponent of the library. For me, it's the Los Angeles Public Library. For you, it can be whatever local library you have. And not only can you go in and again look at the books, judge books by their covers or not, explore the wonders of physical books, but they have online Kindle books for free that you would normally be paying 10 to $15 for, and they are free. So how many do you have checked out at a time? I typically have the maximum amount of holds, which I think is like 15. Um, you're also able to recommend books, which is great. So books that they don't own or that haven't come out yet, you can recommend if they decide to purchase them, which 90% of the time they do, then you automatically get placed on hold for it. So how many do I have checked out right now? I can tell you that I have 13 which is not too many. That should last me, you know, about 13, 14 days. And the book that I'm currently reading is called Olympus, Texas by Stacey Swan. It's a sort of like family sweeping drama, um, reminiscent of, uh, you know, it's like reminiscent of a lot of things, but so far it's, I'm not loving it. I'm, I, I'm interested, you know, I'm like 30% of the way through and I can, you know, I'm going to finish it. It's it's not a DNF. That's hardly ever a DNF over here. Um, but it's definitely, I don't know if it's going to make it on the podcast. So stay tuned for the next episode to find out. Um, and the last question that I'm going to answer from this, I think, is how long is your TBR to be read list? And Lord knows that that is fluctuating and changing like more than my weight. But um, right now, the want to read TBR list is 109, but that is only digital books that does not include the I think like 175 no 75 to 100 books that I currently have on my Kindle still waiting to be read not only the bookshelf in the back that you can't see also filled with books exclusively that I haven't read yet so maybe even closer to like 200 or 225 I don't know we got a lot of books and there's only so many times so so every time you blink five books come out and you're like how can I ever catch up and I think my version of heaven will just be a never-ending library of books and they will just keep coming and if heaven or the afterlife goes on forever then I'm in pretty good shape so (laughs) we're we're in a weird mood today but when are we not Without further ado, for real, this time we're going to get started on the five books of the month. I know in the past that I kind of toyed around with the theme of like, with the idea of doing more of like a cohesive theme to the five books. Um, Sometimes that comes into play literally improvisationally as I am talking about them. This one, I don't know if there's like too much of a theme, but you know, they were all books that I enjoyed and November is the, the month before Christmas. It's gifting season, so maybe one of these books might not appeal to you, but could be a great book for somebody on your gifting list. I always find books are such a great gift because, especially for people who are like, oh, I don't have time to read, or like, I just don't know what book to read. Not only is it a book that you now have that you didn't have, but it's a book given to you by someone. So because it's a gift, like, I think I would feel more obligated to read it than if it just was a book I picked up myself personally, but that's just me. So our first book that we have is called The Days of Afriket by Asali Solomon. So this is about two middle-aged black women and primarily our main character, Lacelle, and we meet her as she is having a dinner party. We can tell that she is not happy with her husband who has recently lost some sort of government or local election, um, and she is very unsure and ambivalent in her place as a politician's wife or, you know, would-be politician's wife. So we get that in the present. We then cut back to Liselle as a college student, and it turns out that she was only interested in women. So you're kind of confused. You're like, wait, but how did she get to being married pretty seemingly unhappily to this man? So there's not only that um, tension, but we also find out that Liselle was involved with a young woman named Selena. Yes, yeah, Selena. 
And they shared this very beautiful and romantic special relationship, but it didn't last very long for various reasons. And we so we get to see Selena in her everyday life, too, as well. And so needless to say, Liselle and Selena are not where they thought they would be in college. Neither of their lives um, is where they predicted. But they are also just they're dealing with the era of Obama and a black president. So there's a lot of commentary on race, but it's really steeped. Um, while there's the commentary on race is steeped in more like the sexual identity and what it means to be a black woman, specifically a black woman who likes other black women and the threat and, you know, the rediscovery of that to one's identity and one's sexuality. So it's definitely, um, it says, even on Goodreads, it's inspired by Mrs. Dalloway. So it takes the sense of this one day in both of these women's lives. And as it goes, you know, from beginning to end throughout the course of the novel, we also get to see their past experiences and lives and how they got to where they are today. Um, so it's just a very sort of like, you know, how the butterfly effect for one reason or another or how certain choices and certain circumstances can lead us to where we are today. And also a nice reminder that just, you know, even if you're 40 or 50 or 60 and feeling stuck, you know, you don't have to be for for most circumstances and for most reasons, you know you can change things at any point. And I think that this book is a really good reminder that you don't have to you don't have to be complacent with where you are. You do have the power to change it. Our next book is <clears throat> excuse me, The Girl with Stars in Her Eyes, a story of love, loss, and rock and roll, baby, by Zio Axelrod. This is another, it's another book about a young black woman. However, this time it is not so much focused on her race, although there is definitely, um, you know, the overt notion of what it's like to be a young black woman in a predominantly white, non-POC rock and roll phase, you know, it's a very white facing um, audience and, you know, community. So I think there's that element as well. Um, our main character, Tony Bennett, <laughs> which is, you know, funny. Um, she grows up in the Philadelphia rock scene. And so she's a burgeoning young musician trying to make a name for herself as a vocalist and a guitarist. She's clearly amazing, even though, you know, it's a book we don't actually get to hear any of her songs. She just feels like the kind of young, badass woman who, like, if I had a band, I would definitely want in it or want to be my friend. Um, the circumstances lead her um, from these sort of open mics to filling in for a temporary gig um, with a really popular rock band. However, what she doesn't know is that rock band is managed by her childhood love who's seemingly left in the middle of the night and has left her with a giant hole in her heart. So we have that really beautiful romantic element of like, will they or won't they? They probably will get back together. His name is Seb, but he left... Um, he left a lot of loss and love both in her life. And so she has to grapple with both of those feelings. She also has to grapple with, you know, fame and dealing with this big band. I think the contemporary rock and roll scene, particularly one that's not in Los Angeles, one that's more East Coast based, um, is really cool to see explored in this. I hope I'm talking into the mic properly and that the audio sounds cool. So there's the romantic element to it. There's the cool rock and roll. You can tell that I think Zio Axelrod is a musician herself. So clearly the even again, like even though you can't hear the music, it definitely like feel you feel like you're immersed in that rock and roll scene on the page. And it's I think there's even a playlist at the end that would be a cool companion to listen along with too. So while there's some heavier um material you know, heavier materials in here, there's no extreme death, there's no extreme sexual violence or domestic violence. So definitely more of a lighter romantic um book and there it's a whole series. So I think now we got to know Antonia, but there's a whole series of the women in the band and how they got to where they are. So the next one is going to feature another member and I'm excited for the rest of the series. Our next book is called Cackle by Rachel Harrison. And I definitely should have done this one for Spooky October because it is so perfect for Spooky October, but like spooky season can be any season. So you're going to get it now and you can read it now. Our main character is named Annie. She is 
sort of, you know, the plain Jane type of, you know, always played it safe, always played by the rules. And her life is upended when she, when her and her longtime boyfriend split up and she's sort of like, what do I do with my life? You know what? I'm going to fulfill this advertise. I'm going to see this ad. I can't speak. She accepts a teaching position. She's going to fulfill a teaching position in upstate New York. Moves there without knowing anybody, without really knowing too much about the position, was just like, I need a fresh start. I need to get over. So things in this town, you know, they seem bucolic, fairytale, like a little bit like too good to be true. She meets this magnetic, I want to say uh, magnetic woman named Sophie, who, you know, it's very clear. There's, there's a little bit something otherworldly. People almost are like, they're spellbound by her. Literally, everyone almost seems like afraid of her, but like nicely afraid of her in this town. Things are a little bit weird. So you don't know exactly where it's going. Like there's definitely allusions to the fact that she is a witch. Maybe she is, maybe she isn't. Maybe it's all in Annie's um, Annie's imagination. But what was really cool about this, again, is it's an exploration of women at a turning point in their lives. You know, do we accept this sort of path of like, should I go with the relationship that's maybe not the most fulfilling, but like it's what society says I should do? Or should I embrace this wild, feminine, empowering, independent energy, but embracing too much of that can lead you down a negative path as well. So while there's, you know, elements of gothic supernatural spookiness to this, ultimately it's not too scary. Again, there's no crazy major deaths or domestic violence or sexual assault or trigger warnings, um, but it's just something fun and cozy and a little bit spooky to get you in the mood for spooky season, which is often. And next, but... I was going to say, last but not least, but we're on for, again, weird mood today. Thank you for bearing with me. Find You First by Linwood Barkley. It is rare for me to find a thriller that I just kind of, like, love. I mean, I don't want to give this book five stars. I would definitely give it four stars. It was not, like, the best book I've ever read. So this is a convoluted way of saying that this was a very good thriller in the sense that, like, there was lots of different layers to it. I did not know where it was going all the time. Definitely took me by surprise with its different characters and with its different plot twists but like still ended very neatly i've never heard of linwood barkley but he is a new york times best-selling author has quite a few crime novels out there um this deals with our main character um miles who is a tech billionaire who's recently diagnosed with huntington's disease which is a degenerative disease that is going to slowly break down his entire neuromuscular foundation so that all being said he remembers that he used to be a sperm donor. And so that, you know, this is a genetic disease. So he wants to warn these children that he may or may not have fathered that they could be responsible for this disease. So we get on a sort of like delivery man (laughs) type, you know, are these my children? Are these not my children? Um, But while that's all happening, we also learn that the people who are identified as his biological children are disappearing. And not even, like, murdered or, like, found dead in their apartments, but, like, literally without a trace disappearing. So, at first, you're like, okay, well, clearly they're just being killed because it involves the money and it seems this. But you're like, okay, no, there's more layers to it than you seem, but not in a convoluted, like, deus ex machina way. The relationship between Miles and Chloe. Chloe is a – she's, like, 18, I think, and she is sort of our other main protagonist along with Miles um, in the sense that she just happens to be the biological daughter that he connects with. And they sort of connect at the point where they find out that the other – people related to him are going missing so they team up together and their relationship is very you know heart heartwarming in the sense that <laughs> you know you just meet someone who you think is your biological who someone who's your biological dad also wants to give you millions of dollars but you're also on some sort of hit list so um you know is it is it all about you know just finding these people and the money i want to give you a little hint and a spoiler and saying that no there's more than that but 
maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know if you're into thrillers. Um, I think it's a little bit over 400 pages. But again, because we're shifting with all these different plot twists while still following this main plot and we have, um, you know, different characters and we're following their points of view, it goes by really, really quickly. I think I definitely read it in a day. And last but not least, we have Summer Suns by Lee Mandelo. This is your gothic queer fireplace novel. You heard it here, coined gothic queer fireplace novel. So we are dealing with our best friends, Andrew and Eddie, unfortunately. And Eddie has passed away. And he was working on with his best friend. They were obsessed with these like gothic folk tales, particularly one relating to a sort of ethereal being that has to deal with when they were um, they were lost in the woods as kids. So there's a lot of... Um, queerness to this that was really cool in the sense that like this is about a young man named Andrew developing his sexuality um prior to Eddie passing away him and Andrew had never really been intimate but looking back it's clear that Andrew did have serious feelings for Eddie he also you know through learning about Eddie and wanting to honor his death and the academic journey he was going on, not only discovers a lot about himself, but intertwines himself in Eddie's life and learns, you know, as Goodreads says about the circle of hot boys, fast cars, and hard drugs. Um, so not only is there that sort of like secret history type academic piece to it, because Andrew is also exploring the research that Eddie did, which may or may not have been the cause of his death. Um, it reminded me a lot of that novel that came out a while ago called Beautiful Creatures. And I think that became a series. And that was another really cool, like, summer, that was more of a summer gothic. I don't know if this one's so much summer, but the title is called Summer Suns, but you can read it whenever because books don't need to be defined by a time period. Oh, man, we did it, guys. Wasn't even sure if I was going to record today, but I pulled it through. Hope you liked it. <laughs> Follow me on all the social medias. Goodreads is probably your best bet to see what I'm reading in real time. Let me know what you're reading as always. And until next time, stay reading. Bye. Bye.